what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Uncommon Sense. I'm your host Kevin Tony, and uh, I wanted to check in today. So many topics that I want to talk about. I mean, my mind really, really is all over the place, but uh, I saw something this week that really made me angry, and I just want to speak on it um, briefly. Um, so, uh, f- well, for starters, I've been on a, I've been on a, what I call a digital fast for the last 30 days, and, and a couple times a year, I take a break from social media just to kind of decompress uh, and unclutter mentally from the craziness, the roller coaster that is social media, and just kind of de- uh, recalibrate and get my mind right. And so um, tomorrow, uh, actually no, Saturday, March 27th, will be um, 30 days away from social media. And it's been a good good 30 days. It's been very productive for me. It's, it always is. And I try to do it, you know, two or three times a year to take a break away from social media. It helps me kind of refocus. And so, um, you know, I try to pay attention to certain stories um, in the news, um, but I find other avenues to get them um, apart from social media. And one of the things that I saw this week was an interview with the, I'm going to use the word journalist in air quotes, Roland Martin. And um, he interviewed this young 21-year-old young guy uh, named King Randall. And King Randall was being interviewed because he's 21 years old and he got together with a group of his friends and they purchased an abandoned um, school in Albany, Georgia, with the intent to um, basically he's turning the school into a preparatory school for juvenile boys from age 11 to 17. Um, it's called the Life Preparatory uh, Academy or the Life Preparatory School. I'm not sure which, but you know it's a pretty honorable endeavor uh, for somebody this young to come on and. Um, to take up such a task like this to say, you know what, I need to do something in the community to help young boys that have been affected by the juvenile system to help them get back on track. Um, That age group, 11 to 17, is a pretty um, important time frame, uh, especially for this group of of young men, specifically black men, um, black black boys, um, that you know, if he's targeting his efforts to trying to help them get on track and get a leg up in society. And so he goes on Roland, Martin, Roland Martin's um, news show and they spend 30 minutes. It's a 30 minute interview. And Roland Martin wasted the first 25 minutes of that interview with ambush journalism which I think is the lowest thing that any journalist can do where he brings this young guy on this guy thinks he's coming on to talk about his school and the public platform and give it um, you know put some wind behind his endeavor to get some sponsorships because it's a private institution 
you know, it's private funding. It's, it's, it's um, based on donor funds to keep the school going so he's not looking for government money. And Roland Martin proceeded to ambush this kid and ask him questions about voter suppression in the state of Georgia and what is he going to do to stop Republicans and conservatives, you know, from passing voter suppression laws. And you could obviously see that the kid was caught off guard. Like, what are we talking about, bro? I didn't come here to talk about that. Like, you're asking me these questions about stuff. And it was almost like, you know, Roland, you could see him, like, asking his questions and talking over this kid and twisting his arm to make him bend to his questioning. And it really made me angry. Um, I watched this interview, and it's crazy because... I, I was sitting there and I, 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 I realized that during this interview, I was clenching my teeth. I was clenching my fists, man. I was so angry, like watching this, like, man, this kid didn't deserve this. He didn't sign up for it. And Roland is weak, man. I mean, Roland Martin is such a punk for doing that to this kid. And so what I wanted to say, what I, one, one thing that, that I thought about in this interview is, um, Roland kept saying, well, you're a conservative, you're a Republican and you're this and you're that. And I just want to ask you why you're, why, well, you know, why you're okay with this. And this young man, King Randall, he stopped him and he was like, no, I'm not. He's like, I said, I was a conservative. I'm not a Republican. I am a conservative. And it got me to thinking about how, like, there's this myth in this country that, you know, there is, you know, there's a two party system, but that's not necessary. That's not true. And because we only focus on two parties where Democrat, you're either Democrat or Republican. You know, there is no in between. And that's to me, it's 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 really, really, really disgusting in this country to me. Um, you know, most people, if you, I could probably do a will wit and go out on the street and ask people to name the different Repub- uh, the different political parties in this country, and they probably would only name Democrats and Republicans. Most people don't know about Libertarians. Most people don't know about the Green Party. Most people don't know that there's an Independent Party. I didn't know about Libertarian. I wasn't, you know, fully aware. I'll be honest until about uh, the what Libertarians were until at least maybe three, maybe four years ago. And even though as a kid, like I remember when Joe Lieberman used to run for president, he was a presidential candidate and he ran on a libertarian ticket. And I just, I used to see that like libertarian, like what is that? But that was at a time in my mind where I would ask questions, but I didn't have the wherewithal to go and search out the answer to those questions like I do now. Like if I'm watching something or if I hear something and it causes me to ask a question, then I immediately go and search out the answer to that question instead of shrugging it off and just moving on. So, but I mean, so conservatives get lumped into this, especially black conservatives. If you're black, and you claim to be a conservative, you automatically get lumped in to being a Republican. They're like, there's no, there's no such thing. You know what I mean? And I, I think it's just ridiculous. So there's conservatives. You can have conservative values like myself. I'm a registered independent. 
I changed my um, political affiliation back in 2014 um, after voting for Barack Obama both terms. I voted Democrat, you know, basically my entire life. You know, I voted for John Kerry. Um, and I did that because my family are Democrats. You know, my mom and dad, they've always voted Democrat. Um, my father still votes Democrat. My mom, she votes, you know, Republican now. She leans more conservative now. But, you know, all my family members have always been like typical black families in America. They've always leaned democratically. Um, and anybody who leans the opposite of that in the black community is considered a coon, a sellout, or an Uncle Tom, which is a phrase that black people have been using wrong since forever, um, which I think is hilarious. So um, if you have conservative ideas and you don't just, you know, one thing about black people in our community, man, we... You either all in or you ain't you ain't in. There's no there's no um, line of division where you can have separate um, ideas of thought, and those those thoughts come to uh, an avenue of agreement. It just doesn't exist by and large in the black community. People are just you know the group think is deeply embedded um, over several generations, and when you start to think outside of that box. And, and remove yourself out of the group. You take yourself out of the group think. And it's just like, you know, you don't you don't want to rock the boat. You know, so people is, you know, are just comfortable, especially, you know, in our community. It's it's ridiculous to me that if you're conservative, if you have conservative ideas, uh you just don't go against it. And and what's really insane is if you have a conversation with most black people and you start running down conservative ideas, most black people will agree with that. Most black people are conservative thinking within themselves and they don't realize it because they've been, they've been, you know, we've been so conditioned and trained to take down democratic ideas and values, you know, for the last 60 plus years, 70 years or whatever, that we automatically fall in line. We don't, we don't, it just, to me, it's just, it's, it's really sad, it's dangerous that we don't, as a group, think that there's more out there. And when I heard, you know, uh, Roland Martin trying to lump this kid in with Republicans, like, because he had conservative ideas, it's like, why don't people realize that there's more out there, there are other options out there, you don't have to you know, just because you have conservative ideas doesn't mean you line up with everything Republicans do. There are Democrats out there that lean conservatively. There are libertarians out there that lean, you know, more to the left. I mean, it's just, it's different ways that this thing can go. And people try to put everybody in a box and really nobody fits into it. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this whole entire concept of, what it means to be black and what it means to be conservative as it relates to the condition of our community in 2021 today. 
and the condition, the shape that our community has been in over the last 40 or 50 years and how it's changed, how it's um, taken steps backward. Um, I, I, I don't think I can name any notable steps forward for our community. Um, people would say that, you know, the election, the two-time election of Barack Obama is a notable step forward for the black community. But I don't necessarily see it that way because nothing changed in our community um, under his presidency. I could make the argument that things got worse um, for our community under his presidency. It just didn't happen. So um, now that, you know, you have this uh, emerging group of, of young you know, people who are critical thinkers, who are rational in thought, they think logically, they take emotion out of the equation, <clears throat> and they don't, um, they don't subscribe to, you know, what they are, what their parents have taught them, what their grandparents have taught them. I hear stories all the time. They're all kind of stories. Hundreds of videos on YouTube about you know, young kids that started asking questions, asking their mother and father, why do we vote Democrat? Asking their grandmother and grandfather, why do you vote Democrat? And they don't get an answer. They just all say, well, we've always done it this way. Grandmama and granddaddy did, and so I do, and your mom and daddy do, and you need to do it too. And if you think about deviating from that, then something is wrong. Like, you're viewed as something that, uh, someone that is against the community. You know, no one thinks that black people are against black people more than black people Uh, you know we'll get we'll label you as you're against us if you think outside what the group thinks as a community by and large and it's sickening I'm so tired of it um and you know the pushback is now if you think a certain way that's different than what you know your typical black democratic leaning you know, person thinks you can't have a discussion. You can't have an open discussion. There's no such thing as open debate. There's no reason, you know what I mean, uh, to to help somebody see. You know, they don't even want to know why you think the way you do. They just automatically see you as somebody that thinks differently than they do, and it's a problem. There's no questions about well, what makes you. What makes you think that way? And I've had people come to me. I've had, you know, people send me uh, DMs on Instagram and say, I want to have a conversation with you because I really want to understand why you think the way you do, you know, why your political values are, you know, the way they are. And they say that, but I've learned that it's just an easy way for them to, it's an easy out uh, for them because they really don't want that conversation. Anybody who's requested that conversation, they never follow through. I've never had the discussion because people don't really want to know. They're comfortable. Too much change is uncomfortable. And so I guess in a way I get it. I understand it. Um, but I don't like it, you know, because for me, you know, if, if my changing, you know, thinks and, and information changes me when it you know when I internalize it and when I start to think it and turn it over in my mind and and process it and it makes me change the way I you know view certain things then that to me that's a sign of being an adult being a mature adult um, that has a 
has a, a capacity for growth. Um, I heard a pastor say years ago something that really stuck with me, and he said, you have to become the truth that you hear, whether you like it or not. The truth is, the truth is period. It's nothing that needs to be, um, you know, we don't have to change the truth. It just is what it is. You know, facts can change, but truth does not change. And so when you come into a reality of a new truth, something that is true, that's provable, something that's quantifiable, something that you can easily wrap your head around and rationalize, you have to fall in line with that. And to, to not to deny it is, you know, is disingenuous, it's, it's being willfully ignorant. And um, it's dangerous. It really is dangerous. And so when I heard that statement, you have to become the truth that you hear. You know, when I started listening to stuff, even the hard truth, stuff that I didn't agree with, I'm like, I don't agree with that, but it's true. And so when I realized that certain things that I don't agree with that are true, I have to change my mind and come and make a decision to either come in agreement with the truth that's in front of me or just to be a denier and live in ignorance. And I've never been that type of person. I've never been that type of person that, you know, wants to be, you know, just out of the loop and not knowing um, on any given topic. It doesn't have to be politics, anything. You know, anything that's of interest to me, if there's truth in it, I'm interested in it. You know, uh, I've learned it in church all my life, being a Christian, you know, being saved and and, um, learning what that means. You know, the reality is um, truth is about, uh, you know, the Christian walk is about lining up with the truth. You know, this walk that we live, you know, if you claim to be a Christian, you're your um the mandate on your life is to line up with truth the truth of the gospel the truth of the word of god uh, the truth of what jesus taught the truth of how he lived the truth of what he did what he's doing right now uh what he wants to do these are all realities that we have to come to terms with it's the truth that we have to live with and so just to come back um around you know our community does not want to face the truth that we're in bad shape we need to make changes and it's more comfortable for them to for for our community and I keep saying them because I'm not even though I'm in the black community I'm not in that group thing so that's why I keep saying them but it's more comfortable for them to stay in the place that they're in and hope that things will change on their own instead of forcing change by coming into agreement with the truth about the position that the community is in and making change in that regard and there's only one other place that I know of that 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 has happened and that's slave plantation you know I've never been a slave I don't know any slaves my parents have never been slaves my grandparents have never been slaves You know, I don't know any slaves. I don't know any slave owners, any slave masters, but I've read about slavery. I've done research. I've heard stories. And I understand that there was a mentality among black people 
in this country when it came to the relationship between the slave master and the plantation and their current condition and how they wanted to see themselves change but they were too fearful to rise up and create that change so what did they do they just waited and hoped that change would come for them and eventually it did um but in this day and age I don't see any signs that that change is going to happen I don't see any signs you know that, that I've only seen I've only seen you know writing on the wall now that says that the change for the black community is it's never going to happen uh, because we're not willing to change within ourselves we're too comfortable um, and and we don't allow we, we you know we don't allow people to think outside of, you know, outside of that dichotomy. And so I was really disturbed by Roland Martin's interview with this young guy and how he ambushed him into talking about voter suppression and, you know, just the audacity for Roland to, you know, really tell you how racist he is against black people. And it makes me think of Chris Rock had a joke during one of his specials back in um, the uh, early 2000s. Um, I can't think if it was um, which special it was. I think it might have been Bigger and Blacker, but he, he asked the question to the audience. He said, who's more racist, black people or white people? And then he said, black people, because black people hate black people too. And everybody laughed and thought it was a joke and it was ha-ha, it was so funny, but it was true. It is true. I mean, you know, you see black people really don't like it when you go outside the community and tell our business. We don't like it. Oh, we don't. We're untrustworthy of of, of other black people right away. There's questions in my mind, you know, uh, questions in our minds about other black people. What's their deal? What, you know, what's happening? What are they about? What, what are their intentions? I don't trust you. I don't know you yet. Who are you? Where'd you come from? Who sent you? You know, um, and those questions feed our ignorance uh, and fears of not knowing, you know, what, what the truth is about what else is out there. And when I saw the way Roland Martin was talking to this young guy, I was like, he really is acting like he doesn't like this kid. Like, it's obvious, like, I don't like you. The way you were talking to him, the way he was addressing this young kid, first of all, I'm like, okay, this kid has to be about at least 30 years younger than you. And you're this intimidated by him that you're going at him in this manner. He doesn't understand why he's being questioned this way because he wasn't prepared to talk about this. But when I hear, you know, topics come up like voter suppression and if, if a state is, is requiring you to have an ID to vote, they're trying to keep you from voting. And people use the argument about you have black people that live in rural areas that live far away from um, the closest uh, place where they could go to get an ID. Uh, to, to vote and so on and so forth so you're trying to disenfranchise those people and my question immediately is okay those same people who live in those rural areas do they have a state ID do they have a driver's license 
How did they get it? Where did they go to get it? And what what would stop them from going to that same location? You know, what, what stopped them? Nothing stopped them from getting a driver's license. Nothing stopped them from getting a state ID because they needed that stuff to open up a bank account, apply for a job, uh, anything. You need state ID or, you know, identification, anything. If they're traveling, you need state, you need identification to go through an airport to, to make any major purchases. People want to know who you are. If you want to buy a gun, you need to show an ID. Um, you want to buy alcohol, please let us see your ID. Everybody's fine with having um, photo identification for all these trivial things, but when it comes to being able to show an ID to, to do something as important as voting for who the leadership of your community, your city, your state, and your country are, then somehow that's offensive. Um, I actually find it offensive and it bothers me every time I go to vote when they don't ask me for ID. And I always take my ID out just in case, well, maybe this time they'll ask. And they never do. And the process for it is like, are you kidding? Like, I could just give you any name of somebody as long as I know their home address and give you a name. You don't know if I am that person or not. These people, man, these poll workers... You give them a name and they give them an address and they just look on a piece of paper and they say, okay, here's your ballot. This is how you go vote. And I'm just like, wow. And people have the nerve to question if there's any type of, any degree of voter fraud that's happening in this country. It's not secure at all. And so for Roland Martin to be upset about uh, conservatives in the state of Georgia who want to put in place parameters to um, to make it so people have to have an ID to show ID to vote to secure the integrity of that vote Georgia which had some of the most egregious um, instances of voter fraud that were went virtually uncovered in the election cycle these uh, conservatives Republicans in the state are trying to shore up that process by saying you know what let's, let's secure the integrity of the vote by requiring ID and now you have this black guy, Roland Martin, who's supposed to care about black people, who says he loves the black community and wants to see the black community make progress. But that progress stops at those, that small number of people being able to make it to a designated location where they can apply for an ID to vote. What if it was as simple as uh, getting to a place where all you have to do is get a, a sticker on the back of your driver's license or your state ID that says that you, you are who you are and that you can vote. Just like how you get that sticker or they used to do it. We used to get a sticker on the back of your driver's license that showed you were uh, an organ donor. Um, I don't understand why, you know, we can see ourselves as we're capable of this, but we're not capable of that. Something as simple as getting a voter ID. It's such a small and stupid issue to argue over and to come at this kid like that where he's on there to talk about his school and talk about what he's trying to accomplish in the community, what he wants to do for young black men who are marginalized um, by the system that's in place, by um, fatherlessness, by the bastard spirit of America that 
you know, runs rampant in this country. These young guys that don't have any male positive role models in their life, and he's trying to be that for these guys. And here, this guy, all you want to talk about is voter suppression. Give me a break, man. I remember I used, you know, Roland Martin used to be one of my favorite journalists when I was, you know, back when I used to be sucked into the CNN vortex. You know, I used to love when Roland Martin was on. I'm like, yeah, man, here's a black guy. He knows his stuff. He knows what he's talking about. He's well-spoken. And, you know, but as I've looked at him now, you know, a lot has changed. You know, when I, the way I look at, um, the way I look at life from a political perspective now and the way this country is going, everything changed for me. And I started looking at the things that these people were saying and saying, well, that doesn't line up or that doesn't make sense. Or let me let me see what what he meant by that or what he's talking about, if that's true or not. And when you find out the answer and it's not, you have to become the truth that you hear. And um, I just think we need to learn from it. I don't know what it's going to take to get our community in a position to where we are on track or we can change the way we think, or even if we can just start by being accepted. You know, black conservatives are not, you know, we don't have to be unicorns. Um, We're definitely not coons. We're definitely not sellouts. Uh, Because by and large, I think we have the best interest of our community at heart more than the liberal left, more than liberal black people, more than um, the Nicole Hannah Joneses or the... Uh, you know, the, um, what's the other guy's name? Um, I don't even want to say it. It doesn't matter. They know who they are. They know who they are. They don't have the black community's interest at heart. Black Lives Matter does not have the black community's interest at heart. So, um, I'm going to stop here. This has been, um, an interesting rant I'll say but uh, anyway um, share your thoughts if you want if you feel so inclined um, uncommon sense with kt at gmail.com you can send me an email uh, with your questions and um, we'll be back God bless <laughs>